0: To another amazing episode of RetroVaniaX. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday.
1: Howdy, y'all!
0: And welcoming back Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys! And Jeremy's back just in time because we are covering the game we talked about several episodes ago that we said we we're doing as our quote next episode. Uh, we are talking <laughs> about Red Dead Revolver, uh, originally mm. released for the Xbox and PlayStation Two. Uh, normally, we start the episode with hey, what we've been playing and everything else, but you know what? This game has so much to talk about. And frankly, since the last episode that we cut, all of us have not had any time to play anything else (laughs) worth discussing. (laughs) So we're going to jump right into the interview that I did with a patron. Uh, This is recommended to us us by Julian on our Patreon, so uh, I'm going to talk to him in a second. So as we mentioned at the start of the show, this is another patron-requested game, and this was requested to us by Julian, who we have now. So welcome to the show, Julian. Hello. Uh, now, you picked a game that I know we've all played before. I mean, everyone knows the series, but I bet a lot of people didn't play the original. Uh, we're obviously talking about Red Dead Revolver. Uh, we're playing it on the PlayStation 2, but I played it originally on the Xbox. Which version did you play at first, or have you never played this and you just picked it out of a hat?
2: I, I hadn't played it when I was younger, but I had, the, I had Red Dead Redemption just Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption one on Xbox three hundred and sixty, and then I went back and noticed that Revolver was a remastered. They had it for the three hundred and sixty, and then um, I had the PS four version as well. So I played on all those two platforms there.
0: That that's interesting. I am surprised you played Redemption first and then went back and played this and thought this is the one I want everyone to talk about. I like this game, but I I was under the assumption that everyone who played it originally. You know, then moved on to Redemption. It was kind of like, OK, here's the things I, at least in my case, some of the things I really wanted that Redemption or that uh, Revolver didn't do. But there were still a lot of really neat things that Revolver started that carried on in the later in the series.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like even like the dueling was one of the big aspects that I really enjoyed from Revolver. And then they just improved, even in Redem- Redemption 2 now, like they just improved on it exponentially. So little things like that.
0: So I, you know, we've been playing through this again. And like I mentioned, we all played it before. I'm pretty sure we all finished it before. But it's, it's, it has been, I don't know, pretty much since it was brand new that I played all the way through uh, up until this podcast. Again, um, is there a section of the game or a portion of the game that really stands out to you as like this is this is what everyone needs to see?
2: Ah, uh, it's tough to say. Like, I find the whole the whole game is like a the whole game is just good as a whole. Like one of my favorite sections. It's one of the hardest ones I found, at least, too, was the train section. I don't know what chapter is exactly, but, like, it's, it's, I feel like that whole game just embodies, like, the Western experience, and, like, it makes me think about, like, old Western movies a lot, so just playing through, like, each individual chapter, like, I I loved it all, to be honest, but that train part, I think, is, it can be annoying at times, but it's one of my favorite parts for sure.
0: Well, uh, yes, it definitely feels like a western. I mean, I'm not a giant western fan. I think uh, most people in in our general age brackets probably aren't giant western fans. But the, the the occasional western that comes out, you know, that that's a big budget western, always worth seeing. But there aren't too many western games until really these this series kind of you know reinvigorated it. Yeah, things like Gunsmoke and and you know western themed action games, but they didn't really feel like a western game. This feels like a straight up you know western version of something like you know I was excited when I when this came out because it was grand theft auto 3 had just been big and vice city so i was like oh wow they're gonna do a western and then when it actually came out i don't want to say was disappointed because i do like a lot of the things this game does but i wanted more of the open worldness that the later games obviously would build on did you find it especially after playing redemption first did you find that you were missing the open world parts or did you appreciate kind of the more direct narrative that this offered
2: oh i i 100 miss the open world stuff like i said like I think the Red Red Dead Redemption series is by far my favorite game series that's ever come out. So when I played Redemption to begin with, and I figured, okay, I'm going to go back and play Revolver, it was like, it's very, very different. And the whole linear aspect of it, it kind of threw me off because I like the more open world parts of the game. And Red Dead Redemption, I think, revolutionized that and all the Grand Theft Auto games following up to it. But yeah, going back, it was, at first it was really, it was hard, but I still, I enjoyed the series. So I just finished it. I just went through the game, so...
0: Yeah, no. I, like I said, I think there's a lot to offer here uh, if if you're a Western fan specifically, but also if you like those later games in the series. This it this definitely you can see where they got some ideas from, but you know it's like the first time you go into um, into the town area in the game, and you're like, oh man, this is this is just like what it was in Red Dead Redemption. And then you're like, no, it's not. It's not. It's not at all. It's yeah. It, it's like a fraction. Everything of what is that closed,
2: and yeah, everything is closed, and you can only go in a certain building and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's nothing like it, right?
0: But it's still, it's still like, uh, my memories from when I played it the first time was that was where I was like, oh, this is awesome. I'm in, I'm in this old Western town. And, like, oh, man, I wish I could go into the saloon and play cards. You can see cards on the table. Well, you can in the later games. You can't do it here. But it was still neat to see that all that stuff was still in place, even if it wasn't actually usable yet. It was still, the feeling was there. Um, now I'm, yeah, exactly. Did you play Gun or any of the other kind of similar Wild West games that would have come out around the same time?
2: No, like, I wasn't, I wasn't super into it until Redemption came out. So, I, like, I haven't I haven't really gone back to play any of the other retro ones, but uh, I've seen and heard you guys talk about some examples of it, but Revolvers is the main one i played, kind of, I think Revolver came into in, in, like, 07, that's probably the latest, like, Western game I've played, so.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, Redemption, and uh, obviously, I think, can kind of builds on everything this does here, so it's, it is kind of a step back, and the other games that are, you know, like Gun is one, and... After playing this, though, I think they're all going to be kind of a step back. At the time, this was amazing. It was like the landmark Western game uh, until they beat themselves with uh, with Red Dead Redemption. But it, it is nice to go back and play it. Like you said, you can find that on most modern consoles uh, in some form or another. So thank you for recommending this one. It's been great to go back and visit it. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to say in general to the listeners of Retrovania? Uh, just
2: thank you. Thank you to Billy. Thank you to Jeremy. and as well jeremy just the, the community you guys are building and the podcast in general it's just it's been a great experience and i've enjoyed it for the past it feels it's crazy how fast the time goes now i think it's like what six seven years you guys been doing this now so yeah i, I can't believe been, it myself <laughs> yeah it's it's awesome just go back
0: like even more on episode what,
2: 176 right now it's crazy that i've listened to every single one of them like multiple times and just yeah it's it's great so thank like, you guys for what you're doing
0: oh, well thank you so much i love hearing that and thank you for recommending this game again and now we're going to find out what jeremy and billy think I was surprised Uh, on the interview that I just did with Julian. He had mentioned that he played Red Dead uh, Redemption first and then went back and played this game later. Now, I had assumed whoever recommended this had played this when it was new. I did. I certainly played this. I mean, basically, I was very excited for this when it came out. So I had played this before the later sequels. Did either of you not play this game before playing Red Dead Redemption?
1: No, I uh, this I, I played this one uh, about the time it it came out. Um, actually, picked it up. Uh, you know, Rockstar was was kind of getting to that point where uh, they they were entering uh, do no wrong territory. You know, if they if they put something out, you checked it out. Uh, yeah, I, I had picked this one up and played through it, and then went on. I can God, I can only imagine going in backwards on these. That is uh, that that it's got to be jarring to say the least.
3: Well, that's what I did because I did not play this back when it came out. I don't know why. Uh, I, I think just the idea of a a Western game did not appeal to me back then when this originally came out. And so I didn't play this until after I'd played redemption. And I think it was actually on the PS4 when, when Mm -hmm. that, like the PS2 version became available for that. I bought it and played through it then. Well, I didn't play all the way through it. Um, I just uh it's it's a it's interesting it's really interesting what what they did with this uh you know back before red dead redemption uh it's actually a really interesting rockstar game because it takes away a lot of the things that rockstar was actually known for at that time and just kind of pushes this very you know, stage driven kind of game and it's actually really refreshing these days I remember when I played it back then after redemption, I was like, I, and I'm not really feeling this, but playing it this time, I actually really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, as Billy mentioned, this is, you know, this is a rockstar game. It came out in 2004, originally for the PlayStation two and Xbox. I had played it originally on Xbox. I played it this time on the PS two, the same way that you just mentioned. It's available on the PS four um, to buy for the PS two. I'm pretty sure you can probably also get it for uh, the current Xbox versions. I don't know, but I already had it on PS two. So uh, I went with that Um Grand Theft Auto 3 was like the big rock star breakout game. Yes, they were a studio before that, but like Grand Theft Auto 3 came out and it was mind-blowing because it was this big open-world game. The previous Grand Theft Autos were, were really nothing like it at all. We already covered the first Grand Theft Auto on one of the bonus shows a while ago. Much more arcade feeling. But 3 was that it's a full city and you have all these little missions and stuff. Um, that was that came out in 2001. Uh, then Vice City came out in 2002. They had put out other games uh, all around there. They did a game called State of Emergency that I remember being not very good, but a lot of people bought it Uh because it was Rockstar. Uh, They did Max Payne 1 and 2, Manhunt. They did uh, tons of games. Midnight Club, Smugglers Run, all these things came out. And then in 2004, they were already, you know, kind of (laughs) promoting that they were going to do the the third Grand Theft Auto three game San Andreas and the end of that year but in the kind of earlier that year they released this Western game Red Dead Revolver and and you know compared to everything we just mentioned I was like well how could this be a bad game and there aren't and there definitely weren't then a ton of Western themed games I mean you can think about them and count them on one hand uh, of the Western themed games that would have come out uh, even on PlayStation there there really weren't very many at all and you go back farther than that and it's you know things like like um Wild Gunman or uh, or Gunsmoke like there aren't a ton of western games and the ones that are don't really have that western story feel they're just a shooter with a you know a western theme this game came out and it's got those same kind of cinematics that the Grand Theft Auto 3 series has where there's all these little vignettes you get to see over out but th- but they make them look like in old western, so all these you know fully 3D mm-hmm. rendered movies have like the it makes it look like it's an old film. So there's lines in it. You see the little circles. It you know it cuts in weird parts. It feels very much like you're watching an old western movie. They even bl- um, do this thing where like it blends the the way the characters look so that it looks more like it's old film as opposed to being uh, yeah. a video game. I mean it's it's done really well. And unlike the the previous you know Grand Theft Auto three games and then later on the the sequels to this game. This is a very specific, narrative-driven, chapter-by-chapter story. It's not open-world really at all. There's some sections that feel like they, they are teasing you with open-worldness, but it's not really there. Um, it actually reminds me a lot of uh, another Rockstar game I think we talked about, not as an episode, but as a, what we've been playing, uh, The Warriors. When I bought The Warriors for uh, PS Vita, I guess. Um, that's another Rockstar game where it's done. Yes, there's a central area that's kind of an open world hub, but not really. But other than that, you have all these different little missions you have to go out for. Um, that has to progress the story. It's not. There's not a lot of side content. There's not a lot of, um, of, of even optional like mission objectives during the mission. Each mission is a self-contained little vignette story that pushes the character of Red, this bounty hunter, forward from the start of the game through the end. So, you know, it does have the same kind of narrative western feel that the later Red Dead uh, Revolver or Redemption games have, but this is a very very focused, I mean, uh, you know, very stereotypical, but but hits all the right marks to make it a great western story in the background of what's actually going on.
1: Yeah, it's and, and you mentioned the style. Yes, it it does capture that that kind of Western style, but it also has kind of a, a, a comic bookish style to it. Also, they're blended in a little bit. Yeah, you'll see the enemies. I thought the faces were just really badly. Oh yes, <laughs> uh, rendered. But no, it, it's it's got the whole and fuck it. it it's a podcast for the old men. I can drop this reference. It, it has a very Dick Tracy thing. Oh yeah, going on with it. Yeah, that, uh, everyone. The the chins that stick out about two feet, gigantic foreheads, uh, the impossible facial hair. Uh there there are just some ridiculous looking characters on here. And it, it just lends to something that at at that point in time, and I'll say even after, it's it's just a style you probably haven't seen up till then and probably rarely seen since. It's it's a very unique looking game. It's not a it's it's not an ugly game by any means. But no, I I going back to it I forgot um, kind of just how linear it is not that that's you know it's not necessarily a negative um it's just coming back after playing you know both the the redemption games it's it was a little bit jarring jumping into it that's why I, I figured it had to be a, a bit of a shock for someone that that played this after the fact um, but no it's 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 very focused uh, you it's kind of a I guess levels if if you know, you get a cutscene, you do your thing, you get a cutscene, and you move on. Uh none of the little extras that we've we've come to grow accustomed to in the red dead games. So yes, that means I'm sorry, no fishing. I, don't, I know that's a that's a, a, a big blow for a lot of people. Uh you can't stay up till three or four in the morning and strain your relationship by playing poker um in in the bar. Uh None of that. Uh, it's 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 rootin' tooting, and uh, a whole bunch of damn shooting this one. That's, that's kind of the whole thing. I was actually surprised just how little
3: side content there is. I mean, mm-hmm. this is very much just, like you said, mission to mission. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of expected, you know, people hanging around like the little town that's kind of the hub of the game. I expected there to be more in that as the game went on. And I made it about halfway through, and, and maybe it does expand. I don't know. But there's only a few stores or buildings you can actually go into. Uh, there's, you know, the hotel, which you can't really do anything in. Uh, it's just, it's strange for like a Rockstar game. You just expect all of this extra stuff that you can interact with, and it's not there in this one. Um, but they did nail that, that Western look and 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 feel like it's 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 there you can tell you know this is what carried over into red dead redemption and mm. the music in this one is is mm-hmm. just fantastic just that spaghetti western style music full orchestra it's it's so good but um the biggest thing like for me was you know even even though it's stages it's the way they're actually done you know some of them are actual levels where you have a beginning middle and end but then there's some that are more like arenas or just a room or something that you're in that you have to deal with, like, you know, guys coming at you over and over in waves. And then a boss fight comes and it's a multi-stage boss fight. And it all just kind of takes place in this one little area. There's not much room to, to really run around in, um, which, you know, we'll get to. That's kind of one of my big complaints about this game, but... <laughs> um it's it's just strange how how little there is in, in some parts of this game to actually you know
0: do. Yeah, many of the levels feel like uh, multiplayer combat arenas. They're very small. Some of them feel almost like a a circle with some stuff in the middle to to move around to fight. It is. In other levels, are are much larger. There are things that feel like they have tunnels or or you know bigger areas to wander through. But it's still when you really break it down, I guarantee all of these maps are are tiny. Um, which, since this game is literally just action, I mean, there's no, yes, there's a story to follow, um, but, but the missions are, for the most part, entirely just kill everybody else before they kill you. They add some things to mix it up a little bit, but there are no missions where it's like, oh, this is a mission where you have to take and hold, or this is a mission where you have to collect 17 widgets, or this is a mission where, no. Every mission is pretty much kill everybody. There's one mission where you have to get a bunch of keys, one mission in the entire game, but in order to get those keys, you do that by cleverly, killing everyone so there's not (laughs) there's not a whole lot of different (laughs) gameplay styles to this um but they do mix it up and keep it interesting uh the levels are all fairly short there's some that you know if you if you die a bunch sure you might be there for a while but they're all beaten within five to ten minutes um and there's a total of 27 levels in the game and some of them you can finish in a matter of minutes um not not taking too long at all um I guess we'll just jump right into the game itself because, again, there is a good narrative here, and the way they mix it up, I think it's hard to discuss without going through the game. So we're not going to necessarily go stage by stage, but we will kind of just discuss the way that the story rolls out. The very first chapter of the game introduces you to your main character because you're a child. Uh, your your parents have bought like this ranch in the middle of nowhere. They're very excited to kind of start a new life because they found uh, your father found some kind of gold mine somewhere. Um, so you've you've got this this ranch you're hanging out at. But of course, as soon as he comes home with that good great news that they have this big gold rush, uh, you're attacked by bandits of some sort that knew that something was up and knew that he knew where gold would be. So they come to basically take out your father um, and and burn your house down and make sure they get you know that whoever else knows about this gold one less person will once your father's out of the way. Um, but as you were a child, you managed to kind of escape. Uh, you're out playing with your father's gun, learning how to shoot in the tutorial section where you're shooting cans and stuff, um, and then you come back and there are bandits at your your father's house. You learn how to fight there. It teaches you very well for this first stage how to how to use uh, use the game's you know several shooting tricks. So. It's. I'm going to just talk about it as if it was a PlayStation 2 controllers, but the Xbox controller is very similar as well. Much like any of the other Rockstar games, you hold like a shoulder button to come up with your, you know, put your weapon up and you'll see a little reticle on the screen. And then you use one of the other trigger buttons to fire your gun. Um, that That's the most basic combat you have. All the guns in the game, and, and at first you start with just that pistol, but you do get other game other weapons as you go throughout the game, um, all have a set ammo at the bottom. So if you have like a six shooter, there are six bullets. And as you fire them all, you'll see them count off towards the bottom of the screen um, then you have to spend time to reload. Some guns reload fast. Some go- guns take forever to reload, like the shotguns. Um, so you have to be very careful that you're not just, you know, firing blindly at everything because then when you're reloading, you're just a sitting duck. Yes, you can run around and dodge, but you can't do anything. You know, you can't like hit them with the butt of your gun or whatever. You're just wandering around while you reload your weapon very slowly, hoping you don't get shot to death. Um, so this is where it, it teaches you how to do that basic bit of shooting and how to use. Um, like the slowdown vision. So at the bottom of the screen underneath your bullets and your gun, there's a little meter that starts, I think, with three little little bars and you can get extra things that give you more bars. And as you're playing the game and, you know, shooting people, this bar fills up until it's a full bar. Once it's a full bar, you can hit the the lower right trigger, and it will switch to a slowdown mode where everyone else slows down a bunch, and you can actually move your reticle around the screen, and it will zoom in on little targets you can hit until you run out of bullets, then when you you know hit the fire button, it'll real quick fire all those shots at those people or those locations that you fired at, and that's very helpful because everybody you attack in this game, much like in, in a lot of games at this point, but you know... All the people you're shooting at, they have different... You know, if you shoot them in the arms or the legs or the head, it does different amounts of damage, and they react differently. I mean, clearly, you want to aim for headshots most of the time because you want to make these battles as quickly as possible, and that seems to be the way to do the most damage. But you can also shoot them in the legs and the arms, and they'll fall over, or their gun will... You know, their shooting arm will move out of the way so they can't fire a bunch. So you can use that that slow dead-eye mode to basically, you know, target the pieces of, of one person you're trying to hit, or just do four headshots if you can nail those both of those off real quick. Um... And again, it, that little bar builds up while you're shooting your regular shots. So if you're playing this game fairly aggressively, um, those bars fill up. And so every time you get to one of these levels where you're not quite sure what to do, uh, a good chance is you can use that Deadeye slowdown mode for a minute, and that will help you clear out some enemies or maybe do a bunch of damage to a boss or something. Um, and, and while you're in that slow mode, you're not getting shot until it speeds
1: back up again. Mm. It, it it's interesting, you know, the first first kind of gunfight you get into, you see a lot of the bones of, you know, the 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 other Red Dead games in it, you know, Dead Eyes in there. Um I, and it's it's pretty damn effective in this one too. I I love the way it's done on here. Um it and hats off to to Red uh, for someone who just trained on how to use a gun. He's he's all fucking killing people by <laughs> countless scores of people immediately afterwards so i guess he's a he's a natural at it uh but no the the gunplay i guess that's the biggest compliment you can give this guy because that would be the thing that would tear it all the way down if the the, the gunplay on it kind of sucked but I, gunplay's solid uh, i dare say it's is it's a little more refined and a little red dead game and the the other red dead games but um you know, it's it's nothing to sneeze at here. Uh, everything controls really well. I, I, I like the way they kind of have mapped everything. It's it's basically the control scheme. I, I guess you could you could you know it's it's one of the uh, one of the perks of Rockstar not really knowing how to change up a control scheme at all over the years. I, it generally works out. You could pick up an old game or new and and play through. Um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun and it. it Felt good, you know, kind of, kind of shooting on this one. It, it didn't. It felt like it had a little weight to it. Um, it. It took a little bit of, a little bit of skill, but I, I don't feel like I got into any impossible <laughs> ventures throughout the game. Granted, I made it about halfway through. I'm sure it gets worse, as in harder, as as time goes on. But no, this this early gunfight, I think, a great job of training you up and getting you out there. And I was just glad going back that, uh, that it wasn't wasn't wonky at all. That that was one worry. I had. It, it feels kind of swimmy to me. Hmm. Uh, hmm. It's it's got a it,
3: I don't know. It's really hard to describe unless you play it. But like it's it it <coughs> kind of feels weighty, but at the same time, it just feels like you know your cursor never quite. Goes where you want it to go, mm. and you know when your cursor is um, off somebody, or will show as like you know just regular. But if it's targeting something, then it'll go to red, and that's supposed to mean that you know you get a shot with it. But uh, it's it seems to sometimes work with the gun's accuracy that that doesn't actually mean you're going to get a, an actual shot on on the enemy, um, and and the way the bullets work, it it I don't like. There's just times where If there's any sort of buildings or debris or or something between you and the enemy, it's just not hitting the enemy at all sometimes. Where, you know, it looks like it should be. You've got room to do it. You're, you know, you're lined up and everything, but it's just not going where you want it to go. And I don't know if that's just the way, uh, you know, the hitboxes and stuff is with this game, but it. it I just kind of found the shooting like super weird. There's sometimes where I w- I would shoot like four feet to the right of something, and I would actually I'd get a headshot of something. It's 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 just strange how like the the bullets connect with things in this game, but overall, yeah, I I, you can definitely tell like Billy said said there's just the blueprint that's here, for what they go on to do with with Redemption, except that I think the um uh, the the what is it, the drawing one? What do you call the it, that? The duels? Yeah, the duel. Duh. The duels are horrible. <laughs> in this one, I did not enjoy them at all. Uh, it takes that swimmy feel to the extreme, and uh, especially when you add more than one character to those duels, and you're trying to line up two, uh, two of them in slow motion with that swimmy cursor, it it, it can take a few tries. I, I never got good at it.
0: Yeah, the, the dueling is... Uh, so so in addition to what it's, you know, a regular action shooting game, as as Jerry mentioned, there are duels. And the duels are are story-driven, but they are something you have to actually do. And, you know, f- one happens very early on. I think in your second or third mission, you you learn how to do duels. And basically the screen will go to a letterbox thing where, like, the, the top and the bottom is kind of going on the screen a little bit. And then it shows, like, a view that's kind of behind your character, sort of, like a, a camera angle that you'd, you know, see in a Western where he's, like, you can see him reach for his gun. Um, and then you're facing whoever it is you're trying to duel when you, you have to push down on the right control stick and then up after you see your hand actually grab your gun, then push up. And then it switches to this thing where uh, swimming is a great way to describe it. The, the cursor will slowly move and wherever you push it to. And as you get to certain parts of their body, um, it becomes from like this big yellow it's like an X, kind of. It, it, the cursor basically zooms in when you're at a, and, and turns red when you're at a place where you want to shoot. So you've got to to move your cursor around till it kind of moves in, becomes this red thing you want to hit. Hit your fire button, and you got to hit so many shots that will do enough damage to knock them out or kill them. And if you don't do that many shots, while you're trying to line these shots up during the duel, you can see your opponents also lining up their shots. And essentially, if you take too long, or if you miss the shots that are actually red, or if you, you know, start the duel late, like you can see them reach for their gun. If they've already got their gun out and you haven't reached yet, it's over. You've lost this duel, uh, just like a real duel, I suppose. Um... When it works and you get it done right, and the first one's not very hard, like the first couple duels in this game, you can still lose, and I did, but it's they're not extremely difficult. But uh, unfortunately, dueling is a big part of the story of this game. Specifically towards the end, there's a ton of dueling, and it is very precise. If you don't draw as soon as you can draw and do a clean draw and make sure that every shot you hit is red, uh, you die. Um, and then you have to redo, if you're lucky, and early on this is the case, uh, duels kind of have an auto save right before them. So when you die, you only have one life in this game. You don't have a health bar, um, that you can refill with items that you'll find as you kill people. They'll drop like health bottles and you can take those to fill up. But, um, if you die, it's just basically go die, continue. Yes or no. And most of the time there are a fair amount of checkpoints in the level. Um, Unfortunately, as you go on through the later levels, those checkpoints uh, become less and less frequent to to the point where uh, the last few areas, it's like you do a whole series of combats with people, like regular fighting, and you get through like a gauntlet of fighting, and you have to do some, you know, another little scene where you're like on a stagecoach, and then you have a duel, and if you lose that duel, you have to redo all of that over again, and it's not that much time, it's maybe five minutes to get back there, but that duel itself is you know 10 seconds and if you screw that 10 seconds up it's over and you'll have to redo a part of the game uh, thankfully most duels i will say even even towards the very end of the game most duels uh thankfully do have a checkpoint close enough you're not restarting the stage but there were a couple stages specifically where it was like man i have to redo this whole giant fight including there's a bar a bar fight section that absolutely sucks um that uh, i like even less than the duels the bar fight section if either of you got to that is my least favorite level in the game um yeah, the duels can become very, very difficult, especially the the, the last few you have to do um, are extremely precise, and you're coming at them with less health, which means you can take less shots, which means you got to be more precise, and if you mess up, you have to go back and play a large chunk of time. So yeah, the duels in this game are easily my least favorite part. I don't think they're awful, and thankfully, there's just enough of them that... You hate them, but it doesn't ruin the game. At least for me, at no point did I want to like totally quit and throw this one out the window because of duels. But they are easily my least favorite part of the game.
1: Um, yeah, and I I was always just piss poor duels, but I, I have history of it. Um, I, in the first Red Dead Redemption, uh just horrible at it. I, there's just something about them in there that didn't click with me, and definitely something in this. Yeah, I I think the gun. Gunplay is fine for me on um, just the, the stages, but when you get to these duels, it's, it's near impossible. And it's probably, I, I would say, the biggest point of frustration I had throughout this game.
0: Along with being Red Harlow, who's the main character of the bounty hunter, after the first level, you know the second level starts with him as an adult bounty hunter, and the game kind of kicks off running after that first stage. So you have a handful of stages where you're kind of doing bounty hunts in this small town, until finally the last bounty hunt you come in um, uh, from doing this bounty hunt and they've you know, shot the sheriff. So you have to help the sheriff get to the larger town, I guess, that has a hospital or a doctor in it of Brimstone. Brimstone is kind of the open world section. It, it's not really open world, but at the time, because I, I do remember playing this when it was new, when I got to the town of Brimstone, and you kind of mentioned it has, like, there are shops you can go into and buy a few things, and there's a lot of buildings that are not accessible. Like, you try to walk up, and it's like, the door's locked, or this building is for sale by the bank, or whatever. Like, there's not, not a lot to do there. But still, after playing a whole bunch of what was a small, very contained, almost arena-like levels for the first few levels of the game, uh, and then doing a train section, that was cool. I mean, a train, you got to have trains in a Western game. Um, then you end up in Brimstone, and it is, you you're just, there's no one to fight there. You're just walking through the town. You can talk to everybody, um, for better or worse. This game does not have text when you talk to them. They all talk, um, which was cool at the time, but uh, it this is a great game to go back and remember. Like This was a great game at the time for voice acting, but listen to it now, you're like, wow, these vo- <laughs> this voice acting is pretty terrible. It's not Shenmue bad, but it's it's pretty bad and very stiff. Thankfully, you can skip it when you're talking to people. You can just hit, start talking and then be like, no, hit the button it'll go back to you walking around town. But... You get to walk around town, talk to people. Uh, there's a a gun store you can buy new guns. The other stores just buy cosmetic things that you can use to add to the showdown. Um, kind of, it's not a mini game, but it, instead of playing the main store, you can play like this either single player versus computer or two player versus uh, showdown mode in different places in the game. So you can buy a lot of items that open up new arenas or new characters you can play as in the showdown mode. It's all optional. It's the only optional content in the game, is, is things you can add to the multiplayer. Um, kind of challenge mode, but but the actual story mode, you know, when you get to Brimstone, I was like, this is what I want in a Western game. Now, it turns out, you know, this is a very, very tiny version of the town. Uh, you know, the first town in, in Red Dead Redemption blew my mind, because you can actually do things in that town, but this this was silly. There was a saloon you could go into. All you can do there is talk to people, but you can see, like, the things that you'd find later on in Redemption you can do. There's a card, a table with, with cards on it, you know, in Red Dead Redemption, you can go play cards. You can't do that in this game, but it's cool that they're there. Uh, you know, you can't, you can't just get into a bar fight with people at random and only at one point what happens in the story. Like it's just, it's very sanitized, but it's what I was extremely excited to see the first time I played this. Uh, you know, after playing redemption though, I'm sure this was a less than impressive town. Yeah. Not, not
3: quite the, uh, uh, the, the cool town that, that, you know, that first town in red dead redemption was like, that was such an amazing thing to just walk into that town and, See all the different things you can interact with, and like I said, coming to this, like it, it's it's so bare bones. Like I the the story kind of saves it just because I would forgotten how over the top Rockstar was in its early days with its characters and how exaggerated they are. It's it's so charming. I, I love the story and just going around that town talking to people and you know the the little things they they'd say. Um, there's also the uh, little newsboy that's in all the Red Dead games but it's there's just not much to do. And if you don't like this, just that straight up action shooting thing that the story mode has to offer, there's really not much else here. Um, because there's no sort of like multiplayer is there
0: not for the single player. Again, you have the showdown mode, which you could play two player, but then it's just literally you versus one other person. There's not you versus a bunch of people as a team.
3: Okay. So there's, I mean, that's, that's about it with this one. It's, uh, it's it's definitely a change from what I would have been used to even back then with a Rockstar game. The only other Rockstar game I played that had a stage-to-stage thing, I never played the Warriors, but I did play Manhunt. And I that was a, a really great game. I'm hoping we can oh, yeah. actually cover that on, on like Halloween yes. sometimes. But that one is still more, you know, just like a very much like go from area to area, kill dudes, and, and stealth your way through each stage. To whereas this one actually acts like it wants to be, kind of more of more of what it is with that little town, and getting there and and you know seeing just what little there is was kind of disappointing.
0: Well, yeah, I, I think again playing it now after playing Red Dead Redemption one and two, it would be hard to go to that town and not be underwhelmed. Uh, but it was pretty cool at the time when I hadn't played anything else that was a western like this, and I did want that kind of western town walk around, do nothing moment, but really it's just there so you can buy a few items and give you a breather in between missions, you go to the sheriff's office and you do a bunch of bounties there uh, eventually though, after you do a couple bounties this is this is something I liked in this game, and it's well, something I don't like in other games, depending on entirely on the mechanics of it, but along with Red, you do get to play as other characters you have to to move mm-hmm. the story along, so after you do a bounty, you save this man called Jack Swift who's basically like a, a, a I don't know, like a a finely dressed, handsome man uh, that has two pistols. Uh, that also is some kind of bounty hunter, sharpshooter. Um, you also get to play later on as Annie Stokes, who is the, a ranch hand who's very upset that the governor is trying to steal her land by sending bandits after her. Um, later on, you get to work to, to go as an Indian whose name I totally can't remember, but it's, it might be Red Wolf. It's something very simple. Um, that his even his section. He's he's an Indian. He doesn't have a lot of guns and stuff, but he does have throwing knives and other weapons he gets, but they still control exactly the same as the way a gun would, so you don't have to relearn controls. That's what I always get afraid of in a game like this, when it switches up to another character and it's totally different. I mean, even as the... as as God, I hope his name is Red Wolf. I don't remember. The Indian character, it, actu- it wants you to be stealthy. So it's like, hit the left stick in and your character will crouch around and then you can be unheard so you can like, sneak up on people. Uh, it's not it doesn't become a pure stealth game at that point. I was very concerned that it would be like, oh, no, if I set off a, a guard, I have to redo a whole section or I'm going to get swarmed by, you know, Metal Gear Solid style 50 guys running the room or whatever. But no, it's, it's really not bad. Um, even if you're, I mean, you can try to run and gun it and you might get away with it if your aim's really good because a knife will still kill someone in the head. But, but if you can stealth, the, the level is set up so that you basically are taking on groups of one, two, or three guys uh, as you try to get to, you know, through the end of that mission using just the Indian character but it still feels and plays very much the same way that red controls um you also get to play as a uh i believe he's a mexican general general diego for one mission kind of a flashback mission and then you play as a um like a uh, they call him buffalo soldier and i'm sure i could look up and mean you know figure out what that means but it looks like a civil war soldier that I, i guess is now like no longer in the army or something and uh all those characters all play very much like Red, and they all tie into the story of the game. So it, it's not just like, oh, here's a level where you're playing as, as Annie because... It- we thought it would be a fun way to do this level on a on a ranch. I mean, maybe that is the case, but it actually all ties into the story. Um, mm-hmm. Again, we're not ruining the story of a western. All westerns have the same basic <laughs> uh, basic yes. plot to them. Um, so, so these people that you're helping, generally Jack Swift, Annie, Buffalo Soldier, and uh, and the Indian, will all help you on your mission. Some of them joining you towards the very end, so that it's you and your group of you know group of of ragtag heroes doing against the the ultimate bad guy in the game, which of course uh, ends up being. Uh, the the governor of the area who who you've kind of been hinted at throughout the game is not very good but he also has ties back to your personal plight uh, from the very beginning of the game so it, it, it all ties back in for you know a full get your revenge on the, the person who's who's somehow behind your father being killed and everything else it it it's a perfect western story for that there's parts where you ride a horse uh, and and take on a train there's parts where you're, like I said, there's there's a bar fight section which feels very forced in. If there's one stage in the game, and I played through this whole thing again for this podcast, I just finished <laughs> it today. Um, but there's one stage in the game that I, you know, I'm sure there's there's some that were stumbling blocks for some people. It might be the um, the duels, like you mentioned. There are some other levels, like the train levels, can be very difficult. But the and the bar fight level. First off, you don't get any guns. You got to punch everybody. Um, you 're supposed to protect these these barmaids barmaids but yeah yeah barmaids protect these barmaids who are running around in circles and and they 're on two different floors so you have to constantly pay attention to their health where they are the camera's not incredibly bad in this game but it 's not good for the purpose of trying to monitor two floors of a bar um, and then even after that after you get through that first part that is very frustrating then you're then taken to a section with a duel you're taken to a section where you 've got to then fight against a whole bunch of people while this boss is just charging you over and over again uh, it is easily my least favorite level in the game. It's mm-hmm. the one I spent the most time on. It was the only moment where I thought, perhaps that's enough playing for this podcast. Uh, I've, I've seen yeah. what this game can offer, and I'm going to come back to it later. But I did get through that. And after that section, I'm glad I forced my way through it because I think the rest of the game after that goes back to as good as it was beforehand. Um, it A very solid and, and fairly short game. I mean, You can play through this game in... I think I started playing this three days ago and I got through the whole thing in three days of not constant play I mean I played for a couple hours here and there but it, you know each of those mm-hmm. levels and there's 27 levels total you can get through in under 10 minutes for each one if you know what you're doing so you know I, I beat it in three days of kind of fumbling through it knowing that I had beaten it you know 20 years ago um, I was able mm-hmm. to go 18 years ago it was it was good to come back and and you know once you get knocked the rust off of the controls I, I was able to get through the rest of this one with with minimal problems but yeah that bar stage level easily my least favorite
1: uh i i finished this years ago but this year or this time rather yeah the the bar stage is where i i i tip my hat to that stage because it's the one that finished me off uh it's just it's it's horrible like it, i i can't even say i don't even think i was doing terrible i can't I, I don't know what to blame a lot of things just fall into place in that stage you listed several of them that just make it not enjoyable uh it's very frustrating part of a game that otherwise up till this point and from what I recall like you you said after that um is, is a pretty good time pretty breezy levels pretty fun it, it has challenge to it bar fight though and I understand you know that I mean we're talking a western you've got to have a brawl in a bar there's there's no way around that uh but they just it was not incorporated in that well here at all hands down um just from from playing through this time it's the least enjoyable stage there and i think it's about the midway point of the game if i'm, if I'm not mistaken
0: it, it's um, it's the re-
1: introduction to the end end not end of the game but the
0: first half of the game is you as a bounty hunter and the second half mm. is you on one specific mission um mm-hmm. and, and that that bar fight kind of kicks off that second half
1: yeah. So it's, it's, you know, you've been having a good time and this bar fight is, it's, it's, it's staggering. It'll, it'll take you right out. It took me out of it. I hate to say, I don't, I don't encounter a lot of games I'm having a good time in that have a level um, that knocked me out of it, you know, and if, maybe if it, if it was my first time playing through it, I, I probably, you know, I would have stuck with it. I'm not saying it's like, oh no, put this away forever. But, you know, having, having knowledge, prior knowledge of it, playing through it as far as I had, I was like, okay that's it that's enough the, the the fun has stopped temporarily um it is definitely one of the uh one of the worst stages in a in a otherwise pretty good game uh but you know it's, it's it is what it is it's I still appreciate the fact that I, it's probably the first bar brawl i'd ever been in in a in a western video game uh it's 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 a low bar and it's one that they would would rectify in future sequels but yeah uh everything you said about that this rings true it's it's very frustrating
3: well the the melee combat in the game is just junk i mean it's it's it's
1: it's not a melee game yeah it's
3: it's there to you know it's supposed to kind of push you away from people and but it barely does that um i was actually surprised by how well they did a lot of the bosses Uh, Because Mm. the first couple that you run into, you know, they're they're very basic and just kind of bullet spongy. I was just like, oh, no, you know, if this is what they've done for the rest of the game, then this is going to get pretty old. But then, you know, they started kind of mixing it up with, like, your first few bounties. Like, um, what
1: is it, Pigman Josh or whatever? Pig Josh. I I, I did wonder... I did wonder if Pig Josh is a, a distant relative of Hogballs. Uh, I was going <laughs> to say it sounds like
3: somebody that writes into this podcast, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, like you know, you have to kind of avoid him and, and get to where he's not chasing you, and, and then you know, hit him in the back or wherever when he's not looking, and you know, that takes a lot of damage. Stuff like that, it, it really goes a long way in, in making the boss fights pretty fun. You know, like the the circus guy that, that kind of vanishes around the town. You mm-hmm. have to figure out where he's at and and fight off his clowns that he's sending at you. It's it's pretty fun. You know, I, I did not expect th- these kind of boss battles from a, an early Rockstar game, you know, when they were still just kind of trying to figure out basic GTA stuff. So I, I'll give them that. I, I did enjoy the boss fights for what they are. And um, at first, you know, there's there's a lot more boss fights than there are levels. You know the early on you get the train level and and then it's it's just kind of a lot of boss fights around that until you reach the um where you're going along the the mountains and stuff like that but that's kind of what I was expecting- you know thinking it was just going to continue being and it kind of does but uh yeah you you're right about that that bar stage it's 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 not good and um there there's a lot of jank to this game overall, but still i you know for what it is, I, I had a lot more fun with it than what I figured I'd I'd have.
0: Well it's 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 again, I, I'm amazed that that Julian would have played Red Dead Redemption first, gone back and played this, and still thought this is a game I want other people to <laughs> to play. Again, I like it, but I have the bias that I played it before, and there aren't a lot of Western games, and especially before Red Dead Redemption, this was kinda like the best Western game. I mean, there were others that came out, Gun and what, Dead Man's Hand and several other games, but they were, those were all fine, but this one actually felt like watching a Western. Like, I, I liked how this felt, um, and, and yes, it, it is nothing but action for the most part, but I think it does it fairly well. Again, there are a few hiccups here and there, and those could be entirely personal. There might be people out there who love that bar fight level and love the duels. There aren't us, but there might be people out there who do. I don't think they're game-breaking sections, um, and again, once you get through them, the game does, you know, throw enough new things at you with the extra characters you can play as, um, you know, having sections where, you know, your character has been captured uh, and you you don't have all your weapons, you have to kind of find them. Um, I I like that. In the Western, it makes sense. It seems silly in a game like Mass Effect, but in a game like this, it's like, great. Yeah, of course my stuff's in a mine with a lock on it and I have to go get it back so that I could fight two guys that throw fire at me in a mine. It works out in a game like this and doesn't seem extremely silly. Um, How far did you get in this game, Jeremy? I got to the Diego stage. So the one where you're actually fighting him on the train? Uh the yes. It's like stage 13 or something. Yeah, well, if you were fighting him, it's the way they do the stage numbers, uh until you go back and look at the stage book, like when you restart the game and it flips through, you actually were much farther than you thought. If you were fighting Diego on the train, you're more or less at what I would say is actually like the climax of the game. You're at the last what i would say is like the story wise this is the better boss. The final last boss is fine, but but he's the boss where like then the game takes you back to town and you have a a, a section where you're doing a bunch of duels over and over again, you're kind of entering this i want to win money challenge thing. And it's fine and that kind of rolls into the to you know revealing that that the governor really has a lot more to do with this than you think he does and he's not a good guy. What a surprise. Um but but fighting Diego on the train is kind of like the you know, the, the the end boss of a movie before they, you know, find out that really the other guy was behind this whole thing this whole time. So it, that you were at more or less the end of the game. After what you did, there's some duels. Uh, there's a very, very frustrating part after. A, so much like the bar stage where you have to worry about, you know, making sure that these... These barmaids don't get killed. There's a section after a duel where you take a guy out with a duel and then basically jumps back up and you have to fight him, but in a town full of people who are running around. And so he tries to hide behind them while you're trying to shoot him. And if you shoot the townspeople and kill them, you immediately end. and You have to do the entire duel over again. Uh, very, very frustrating. Uh, but, but after that, then you get to do like kind of the, much like how you go through Diego's camp and, you know, charge through four levels of enemies to get to, do, to the train section. You do the exact same thing. Um, But going to the governor's mansion and it's nothing but fighting. There's no, um, there's nothing that mixes it up. The last three or four stages are just forcing your way through hordes of people uh, while you go with your, your group of, you know, Jack Swift and Annie and and Buffalo Soldier all come help you uh, in your quest to take on the governor. So I don't, I I don't think you missed out. I would, I would highly recommend if you're still playing this to finish it out, but you've seen what this game has to offer. They're not going to throw any curve balls at you for the last chapters. Well, it's it's good to know
3: because I, you know, it is just action from beginning to the end. And then even like the the Indian, uh, you know, he just, it really kind of just feels like more of the same. So it's, you know, I, I can't say that I didn't just get a little tired of it by, you know, the time I was getting to that point. Because it really is just, you know, if dealing with that the the controls and stuff like that in those stages and that can be tiring in a, in of itself.
0: but yeah, I mean it's 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 a cool little game. I, I enjoyed it. Well, and as we mentioned, Uh, you know, years later. So this came out in 2004. In 2010, Red Dead Redemption came out. uh, Mind-blowing. Like, that that literally is the Western Mm -hmm. game that I wanted this to be when I first heard about this game. It is open-world, like a Grand Theft Auto 3. You are going to all these little towns and doing little bounty hunting missions. There's tons of extra stuff to do. You go fishing and hunting and play cards and a a million things to do. Uh, And, of course, the sequel, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, came out in 2018. That is not even close to a retro game. You can still play it on pretty much everything. It's a... I don't like the sequel as much as the original, but I can't say I don't like the sequel. I just think that the original Red Dead Redemption, um, as opposed to Red Dead Redemption 2, is is perfect for what it does, and I think Red Dead Redemption 2 has a lot of parts where... Um, it has those stumbling blocks that this game has where there are stages I don't care for and there are sections I don't really like and I force my way through them to get back to what's good. I didn't have that problem with the original Red Dead Redemption, although some people would say Mexico in that game is that section. I don't think Mexico is nearly as bad as whatever that goofy island from Red Dead Redemption 2 is. Um, <laughs> but, but either way, this, if you have played those games and you're looking for another Western game that's a little more direct and narrative-driven, if you can find a way to play this, and again, you can buy it on PS4 for the PS2, Um, I don't have any idea if it's on PS5, and I'm not quite sure if it's on the Xbox network, but you can definitely get it on PS4 uh, from PS2. It is, I think it's worth your time. I mean, it's on sale often enough, and there aren't a lot of Western games. So if that does, you know, meet your need, then uh, consider giving this one a shot. So that's our thoughts on Red Dead Revolver, the game that would become uh, a beloved Western series, but kind of a little bit rough first entry, but still well worth your time to check it out. Um, Now's the time where we tell you to go to Retrovania.net, because not only can you find links to our YouTube channel and this podcast, if for some reason you found this podcast on someone else's phone, you're like, where can I get this podcast? It's at Retrovania.net, and also at the very bottom, there's a form. You can fill it out and ask any question you want, and we'll answer on the show what we're going to do right now. That's right, and we're going to start off with
3: Febreze, and they want to know about speed running. Hey guys, just been binging most of your episodes while driving, and since my mind is full of video games while doing deliveries, I enjoy being able to listen to people twice my age talk about the shit that I like. It seems like you all play a wide variety of games and was curious, have any of you dabbled in speedrunning at all, either seriously or as a requirement to unlock something in a game? Example, beating Silent Hill 2 in less than two hours as one of the requirements to get the
1: 10-star rank, etc. Um you know I I appreciate a good speed run. You know it's 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 one of those things I I love to see people that um are are actually good at it and just how quickly they can get through these games, you know that, uh that I've played through time and time again just seeing what little glitches and exploits and and just, you know, just pure skill sometimes how far they can get through. I I don't in particular um like speed run to a, a repetitive uh sense at all um I, I i do have like older game and you mentioned silent hill which is one of those things i'll, I'll do something like hey i think i could finish you know the silent hill 1 in 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 less than 4 hours and i'll play it through that's not a speed run by any mean uh there are people that finish it in a fraction of that time. But I'll, I'll just set like little personal goals for myself to get through games in which I'll I'll, I'll move through a little quicker than normal. Otherwise, I'm just if it's especially if it's a, a new game or just a game I really enjoy, even if I'm playing it for the billionth time, I'm just one of those people that gets lost looking at the environment, you know, just kind of kind of watching every little little detail of a game I can and and, and taking it in. Um, so I just I, I, I don't get that much out of just trying to blast through a game as quickly as I can, you know, myself personally. Uh, but it, it's it's something I like to watch other people do, especially on older games.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm I like seeing what people do for speedruns, but I the way I play games, speedrunning is not something I enjoy. I, I like I like going through a game at a quick speed, but I also really like You know, if it's collect all the widgets, I'm much more of a collect every Mm -hmm. widget guy than a get through the level as fast as possible guy, Uh, which is why games like Sonic have never really been like I've grudgingly learned to love some of the Sonic games, but I don't like when at the end of a level, it's like, oh, you got a link D because it took you two and a half minutes, but it should take you 34 seconds because I want to instead find everything and explore everything. Uh, That's not normally a time conducive activity. So for the way I like to play games, speed running is not really something I do, but I do like seeing somebody who's got a game I do know really well, like. I don't know Kid Icarus or something, and see how somebody can speed run through parts of that level in in ways I've never even thought of. I, I think it's neat, uh, but it's not for me to personally do.
3: Yeah, I enjoy watching people do it because it's it's amazing just what people have to memorize mm-hmm. and you know really just min max every single aspect of a, of a game to to get those you know those lower numbers, and and that's cool to watch. But I am just not that person. I think I've mentioned before the closest thing I do is just contra on the nes you know a good run though for me is like getting all the way to the end and not dying uh, i'm not doing anything serious but um it's fun to do just because i can get on there and, and mess around and, and see how far i can get in a run um, but yeah other people like there's a, a good amount of youtube videos chronicling what people have went through over the years to to get those lowest times and in, in games like Mega Man and mario and stuff like that and just the links they have to go through is, is insane sometimes, but um, no, usually I'm kind of like Jeremy P. I I enjoy exploring more. And the absolute worst thing I I hate seeing is a timer in a video game that counts down. Um, Because if, if there's a timer, then I'm not doing what I want to do, which is take my time. You know, I'm, I'm rushing forward. So uh, it's, it's never been my thing, but to the people that can do it, it is, it is absolutely amazing what, what y'all can do. Well, thanks for writing in for Breeze. And this next question actually comes in from a patron, Dan. And he is writing in to say, Hi, guys, my name is Dan, and I'm a new supporter and a huge fan of this podcast. Mm. First, let me say this is a fantastic group and podcast. Every guy, Everything you guys have done so far has just been first class. I was wondering if your team of game gurus have ever played Robotech Battle Cry for the PlayStation 2 GameCube Xbox. This game to me was done so well, it holds some very heavy nostalgia points, from the music foot-stomping of the mechs to to the laser gun fights. Everything this game has is done really well. So with this being said, are there any games that triggers you to a happier childhood time, like certain sounds or music? Thank you for your time, guys, and take care and keep being
1: badass. Cheers. Oh my god. Uh, Mark it down. I've never been the called badass before or first class. Um Jesus. I guess I would get first I, I would probably get badass before first class. I consider myself running second or third probably. I, I have not played that game before. No, I will definitely have to have to look it up uh for sure. Um but uh as far as the question yes I, I, there's a big one. Uh, there's a real big one, and I think I've brought this game up a billion times. But a uh, Legend of Zelda, uh, you know, Link to the Past, Super Nintendo—it's just one of those games that just I, I will play it uh, yearly. I, I, it's one of those games I'll play it if I'm just in a, a rough spell. You know, uh, it's just something about it, just the look of it, the sound, uh, in particular, two tracks. Uh, standout the one in the church and the one in the uh in the little village are both uh both music tracks just just take me back way back and I can I can remember the first time uh i played through this game it's a lot of good memories attached to it so yeah definitely uh that's just off the top of my head as soon as jeremy read the question that's what popped up
0: Dan did ask if you had played Robotech Battlecry. I have not, um, but I do not know if you had played mm-hmm. Robotech Battlecry. Um, if it is a mech game, you know, we've talked before about Armored Core. I do like mech games, um, but I was not a big Robotech guy. I know, it, I don't know, I'm not a big anime guy in general. Like, the few things I've watched, I enjoy, but I just... I, even when I was, quote, into uh, anime, I didn't really get into anime i don't I've like barely scraped the surface of anime and i enjoyed it when i was there and then i moved on to something else but i've not played robotech uh battle cry as far as music there's tons of music i mean that this whole podcast uh, essentially was brought out uh because we we like to play these games that bring us back to happier times or, or in some cases mm-hmm. uh get frustrated with games that make other people happy with a with, of, of happier times but the, the, for me it's not as much the music because that is a big thing but I, I listen to so much game music that it's not i don't know like that's just a different thing where I just like the music, but it's it'll be sound effects in games, that, and especially if it's a current game or a game that has a bunch of games in the series that keeps using the same sound effects mm. or, or a version of it. Um, a great example, Metroid. Any of the Metroid games that has that same, like, when you get a new item sound for Metroid, but they dress it up. Uh, Ease, the Ease series does the exact same <laughs> thing. When you get an item in Ease 1, it's this, you know... And every version of the game since dresses it up or adds an orchestra to it or anything else, but it's that same. doesn't matter what else is going on, doesn't matter how the game changes, if you open up a chest and you get a new sword, that's the sound that plays. And every single time, it makes me smile, because it reminds me of playing the original E's for, you know, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours back when I was, you know, 12. So it, it's awesome to have the, those throwbacks in newer games that keep my interest in the new games because it's new, but reminds me of those old games. So the, the sound effects like Metroid and, and Ease. I,
3: I don't have too many games that, that really puts... I, I mean, I do, but like as far as like ones that, that really just kind of hits me, uh, I think the only ones out there are like uh, Dig Dug. Like any time I, I hear the original arcade dig dug sound effects or music or whatever, uh, I, I instantly remember like my grandpa taking me to the bowling alley arcade back when I was a kid. That was like one of the very first arcade games I ever played. And, and just that sound, you know, just the music and, and him walking around and stuff like that. Uh, it's, it's forever just imprinted on my brain as to that, that time. Um, and the other one I, I think I've actually mentioned before on here several times is uh, Secret of Mana for the Super NES, the, uh, that first forest area whenever you get out of the town or whatever. Just the music and sound effects in that game. It's, I, you know, that that is me sitting in my bedroom playing that game with my cousin back mm. when I was a kid. And there are a few other, even though we played a ton of games back then, that's the one that that always just gets me, you know. That I instantly remember as as that thing. And like Billy, you know, sometimes I'll just put it on YouTube or something like that, just to you know mm-hmm. hear it. And and that's you know that works for me. So yeah, uh, there's a few things like that. No, I didn't actually play any RoboTech game, yeah. any RoboTech games. But um, uh, my friend did. He was way into ga- those RoboTech games, and he played that. And I remember that being a, a favorite of his. So it is, it does come highly recommended, but even though I was actually into anime as a kid, I never really watched much Robotech. So, uh, but I have heard it, it is quite good. So if it comes up, I'll definitely check it out. But yeah, thanks Dan for writing in and for any other patrons that want to do so, you can actually ask those questions on our patron site and we will get to those shortly. And our next question comes from your creepy uncle who works at Nintendo Mm. and he's writing in about crossovers. Would you rather see an adult film based on your favorite video game, or play a video game based on your favorite adult film? What game or film would this be?
1: Uh, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna just preemptively I, I, say, hopefully. I've already seen one. I've already seen one of those two. Uh, well, I, I,
0: I, th- I think I've seen, um, regrettably, I've seen Super Hornio Brothers. So I, <laughs> I have to say, I've at least seen, seen that. Um, <laughs> Uh, the other way around, though, I would I would honestly I mean I, and you know what I'm not gonna judge, but I don't have a favorite porn movie, so I don't know if I could play a game based on my favorite porn movie. Um, But yeah, I, I think I'd much rather watch a porn based on a my favorite video game. Although that would be Goonies too, uh, so there'd be some weird mermaid cool. scenes.
1: Ooh, yeah. I, I, well, I mean, we all I I Jesus, I, it's gonna be ugly too, because I you know my favorite game usually. Hovers around that Silent Hill 2, or you know, you could do some Legend of Zelda. I, there's a whole age thing there too. But goddamn, the Silent Hill 2 one is going to be going to be a little gross. It's not. It's not going to be enjoyable. I don't know. Um, I don't. Th- I don't think you can win with with favorite games of mine. Um None of them, none of them themselves. Mario Kart maybe. Jesus, I can't. I don't know how that one's going to happen either. I would love to see the, the the Bowser costume in it, though. I, I mm, You got me there. You, you do. Um, super Horneo Brothers. How was the storyline of that? Um, it's not great. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> does he find the prince? Does he rescue the princess? He at does the several times in, in many times. <laughs> <ways. laughs> uh, I, I don't even know where to
3: start with that one. Um I'd say Metal Gear Solid, but that one's already been done, mm. actually. So, um, Lord, I you know I I feel like we kind of grew up in a time where you know we we don't have favorite porn movies. You know, no. I I remember an uncle of mine who would always be like, you know, <laughs> oh boy. He, he, <laughs> Have you seen this one? You know, what's
2: Have
1: you seen this? I mean,
3: you know, he had a a cardboard box full of uh, porn VHS tapes and stuff like that, and and you know he would rattle off some of his favorites. You know, like you know, uh-huh. just the movie names and stuff like that. But growing up for me, like this was like the the time of like Kazaa and Pornhub and stuff like oh, that. You just go to yeah. find you know clips of what gets you off. It's not like going out and finding a favorite movie or anything like that. Um, it was
1: actually rare to find a full movie on, you know, the, how, the things that that we had. But how long I, are you going to dance around? How long are you going to dance around saying uh, that, that that you would prefer a general chaos porn?
3: <laughs> I, you know, if anybody wants to make some general chaos porn, you are welcome. Uh, I'm I, it's gonna be a sausage party, and uh, I'm. <laughs> Pretty sure you know there are several porn movies out there that come pretty close to just being the general chaos porn movie. But uh, yeah, uh, if you want to if you want to go for that, uh, d- do not send it to me. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's just uh, it's a cool idea. I know everybody kind of has their favorite video games that they they want to turn into porn. Uh, it's it's all over the internet, you know, like Rule Thirty Four and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, I I've never just. Uh, I've, I don't know. It's it's never been that interesting to me. Not that I'm like some weird porn connoisseur, but you know, it's just it's never been something I've sought out before. The Metal Gear one was actually pretty good. So yeah, thank you, creepy uncle that works at Nintendo. I don't know if you're the same uncle that has the uh, the the box of porn VHS, but thanks for writing in. That was like the nastiest box, too. It was down in the basement. <laughs> It's like, what do you do? Do you just like go all the way, you know, whenever you get horny, you make make your trip down to the basement and and just dig all these
1: things out of the box, like some Atari games or something. Oh, you know, he probably has an order to what's in the box, though. Like he's like, you don't just throw that shit in the box. You know where it's at. You know, you got to dig down three over to the left.
3: <laughs> anyway, our next our next question comes in from Mister Mushroom. And uh, he says, "If you like mushrooms, you are a fun guy."
0: Ah, oh, there we go. Mm-hmm.
3: Big I fan. know. I was mm-hmm. I was hoping somebody would jump for that one. Hey, fellow fun guys, love the podcast. I was wondering if you could use mushrooms in the same way that Mario does. What would you do with your newfound powers and abilities? Have a fun time from a
0: fun mushrooming, fu- or from a fellow mushrooming fun guy. If I had to pick a mushroom from the Mario game, I'd want the one from. Was it new Super Mario Brothers? Wii? the giant mushroom that makes you massive, where you just break through the entire mm-hmm. screen. That's a fun yes. one. I would like that, and I would just, I would just scream, "Hey, you guys!" Like the Kool Aid Man, and just, uh, <laughs> and or, oh yeah, not hey you guys. That's Goonies. I would yell, "Oh yeah!" Like the Kool Aid Man, and just burst through walls. That's what I would do with my newfound giant powers.
1: I I was also thinking about the giant <laughs> mushroom, and it was it was it was also all for bad, all terrible thing. I would do. I would do. I would, you know, do with it. I would do nothing for good. Does fire flower? Does it count? Can we count it? It's not a mushroom. It's a flower. It's power up. Burn the shit out of a lot of things. I guess I'll just have to sell for getting big and just fucking crush it. Uh, Some days I want to get that one from the fucking Japanese Super Mario Brothers too—the death one.
3: I was um, gonna say I'm but, gonna
1: go for the death mushroom. Dark yeah, times, was, even I mean, Depends on when you <laughs> depends on when you catch. Um, you know, it's it's either one or the other. One where I just destroy everything around me, or or one where I just settle for myself. You know, it's, something's going down. Something. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure something
3: out, Mister Mushroom. We'll either rage across the city or just fall down and die. And i'm uh, super horny oh brothers
0: did was there any mushroom involvement uh like lots the, lots of mushroom but probably not probably what you want to see
3: <laughs> and our next question comes in from brian greenmore and mm-hmm. he's writing in about useless milestones hey guys mm-hmm. i've been listening to random episodes lately and on every one so far billy won't shut up about stardew valley this yeah. got me thinking about games that i've put the most time into Personally, that game has been Rocket League by far. I've recently Mm. played my 10,000th match of that godforsaken game, and we lost. I shouldn't have cared about this useless milestone, but I did, and that loss stung. Can you guys think of a similar scenario or a moment in your gaming careers that meant something to you for one reason or another? Besides Stardew Valley, what game has been the, the most replayable for you? Thanks, as always, for the entertainment. The three of you do an excellent job twenty three percent of the time. That ain't bad. I like those odds.
0: Yeah, it's not bad. I'll
1: well, um, that. well, let me. Um, I didn't catch the last part of that qu- that question. So let me just tell you a little something about Stardew Valley. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I, I love fucking love that game. I'm still playing it. Still playing. I'm I'm sparing you guys. Just know life on the farm, pretty fucking nice. Um. I, I have one that actually freshly comes to mind as far as a milestone and a game I've gotten the most replayability out of. Um, old Team Fortress 2. Over on the, the Team Fortress 2 blog, they they got a lot of people uh, hopeful because they made the first post in a while um, as far as uh, an update coming up. A big update coming up. Uh, so that immediately got me back to, to uh, training for it. That was my experience. I used it around the house. I got to train for the update. Um, that got the appropriate amount of eye rolls. But uh, I got back on there, and I was playing as a scout on there, and I picked up a strange scattergun a while back. And with these strange weapons, they have a kill counter on them that you can look at at any point in time. Uh, otherwise, I, I don't think you can track kills per weapon. Uh, but last time I got on with that strange scatter gun, I I netted kill 1,000, and damn if it didn't feel good. And I'll be damned if it wasn't just a, a cowardly shot to someone's back that just wasn't paying attention. They I don't they may have been away from the keyboard. I don't give a shit. I'll take it either way. Uh, but kill number 1,000 with that scatter gun. Uh, was was quite meaningful to me, and that game also is the one that over the years it still holds the the steam record for me for most hours played and it's one of those that I'll go away for a long time, but I will uh, will always return that and you know and, and stardew Valley um
0: recently. Uh, my my Stardew valley has been Monster Hunter since this podcast started. Mm-hmm. I play a lot of Monster Hunter, especially Rise. I, I bought an Xbox just to play the game I already had on Switch, um, and it's it's clearly replayable because I can play each weapon has a different style. So I mean, yeah, you know, the difference between a, uh, the hammer and a, on a horn is not drastic, but the difference between bow and switch axe was pretty big. So I, I'm I'm enjoying playing through that again. Easily the game I put the most time in on modern systems. Uh, as far as as a game that. Um, I put so much time into that I'm ashamed of that had these meaningless landmarks it was a hundred percent World of Warcraft. I played I mean, by the time I was at my highest, it was like when you look at your slash played on the game or whatever. I was like, Look, I've spent one fourth of my entire existence since buying this game on this game. That includes time sleeping, that includes time working and everything else, a quarter of my time. So six hours a day on average. <laughs> was playing world of warcraft uh very embarrassing but i what i what i would get excited about was not beating a new raid it wasn't about getting new actual gear for my classes instead it was every one of my characters was an engineer uh as a trade skill fairly useless trade skill especially because a lot of the stuff that you would make was literally just goofy and and kind of a fun act item it didn't do anything like fireworks or um, those shoes that made it so you would uh, burst into flames and run forward uh, screaming like I, I made all those things because I thought it was neat but in the ice crown expansion the, the second full expansion for the game if you had your engineering to the highest level and you spent all this time farming parts out of one of the raids and um, and doing a bunch of side quests you could eventually build a motorcycle mount and Later on, everybody had one, but when I got it, I was so excited. I was the only person in my guild that had one. It was like the, you know, everyone else is excited because they're like, oh, man, I got my perfect gear. So I'm like, yeah, I still suck at this game, but look at this motorcycle. It is incredible. That was my highest, like, it was all downhill from there. Once I made the motorcycle, I was, I lost interest in the game rapidly. (laughs) That was like the thing for me. It was like, I took engineering, something no one else bothered time with. And I took it all the way to the end and made this motorcycle mount, and that makes me the coolest person in the game. That, that's my landmark, useless milestone moment, uh, and it's from World of Warcraft, a game that, thankfully, I'm no longer playing. Well, unlike you, I still am playing the uh, MMO of choice
3: for me, is Final Fantasy XIV. But mm. my goal in that game was actually to, to to catch up, because I started when it was like three expansions deep, and that shit takes forever. So I just sat down. And I was like, I'm going to finish what's available at the time. I'm going to get all the way to the point where there is no new quest at the top left of the screen. And it took me, God, I, there isn't really an hour counter for that game. So I, I couldn't even tell you how much time I put into that. But it, it, was, it was a lot of time. Probably in the you know range of like 300 hours or so to get to that point. And when it hit, it felt pretty good, and I was like, I don't, I don't think I want to play this for a while anymore because it was all I did for essentially three months straight, and mm. it really got me back into that. This is why I don't play M- MMOs kind of mindset. So that's that's really about the only thing I've done recently, um, as far as like games I played the most of over the years. I'd probably like Symphony of the Night, Contra for the NES. Um, like Billy Team Fortress. I, I think that that game mm-hmm. has hundreds of hours on on my Steam account. It, it's crazy how much time I put into that game. It doesn't really seem like it either. Like it does no. not seem like I have played that game that much. But then like you look at my Steam account and it's you know just hundreds of hours of Steam or of Team Fortress and it's just like when did this happen? It's probably when I was drunk, but that's that's really about it for me. And we're gonna we're gonna finish the podcast off with one more question here and it is from Mike Oxlong and he's wanting he's wanting to tell us about a holy salute. And uh <laughs> so I've recently been haunted by a past memory and needed an outlet to share this horrific story. Mm. I could share it with my wife, a friend, or more appropriate appropriately with a therapist, but I feel it's better to share it with the well-rounded guys of Retrovaniacs, <laughs> because none of us need a therapist. I attended at Catholic grade school, and every year before Easter, the 6th sixth, the sixth grade class would reenact the Stations of the Cross. For those unaware, there are 15 parts of the story leading to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The performance took place in front of the entire K-8 school, and family members would also attend, so a couple hundred people would be in attendance. I had the honor of randomly being selected to play Jesus, so of course my family would be there. The performance was successful enough, but the embarrassment began after the crucifixion. I was carried from the cross after being killed and placed on the lap of a classmate playing Mary. I was dressed wearing a white undershirt and white gem shorts. I was being caressed by Mary when I began to rise from the dead a bit early. <laughs> there was... <laughs> There I was in front of my family, entire school, on the altar of a church, not being able to control my middle school body from having a hard-on, as Jesus. So I guess my question to you, fine folks, is do any of you have any embarrassing boner stories? Thanks for the great content and creating an entertaining community.
1: No, we don't. It's just you. Just you. You're sick. You're the only person. That's ever happened to. Oh, boy. Uh, he must have been laying there thinking about uh, thinking about when he was watching Super Horneo Brothers before. <laughs> this is where um, we are as a I, podcast. Embarrassing boner stories. <laughs> it's hard for me to come up with an answer because it's very hard because there's... <laughs> yes, hard. Man, it's fucking rock hard to think about an answer right now. Probably because there's so many potential. Like, it, it's not because I can't think of an answer. It's just, you get to a certain age, it's like, uh, there's several. Um, but no, nothing as bad as uh, portraying Jesus, middle of a play. Um, the the, the, the white gym short, I'm sure, we it probably did not assist. Um, I, I don't have any personal stories. I, I'll just say that you know, it's it, similar as occurred, but just not as catastrophic, <laughs> catastrophically orchestrated as with you. Um, don't no, mind. I'm sorry that happened to you, but it, it did. Uh, you just got to be strong, and 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 move on. I, I I recommend, in the future, if you don't want that to happen, just just listen to this show and then think back and and play our voices in your head, because this show has to be the least erotic thing, that there is possibly. I don't know. Well, we all probably do our own thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if this is
0: what what you're into, I mean, I'm glad we're yeah. glad we're able to deliver. Um, I yeah, sure. I don't have a. I mean, how do you top that story? I mean, you'd have to have something mm. like super embarrassing. Um, like, I mean, you're in the middle of church in front of your family, portraying mm. Jesus, and then get an erection. So yeah, I don't I don't have anything that good at all. Um, I mean, the closest I'd have is just generally being in seventh eighth grade that same time frame and we would go to the um, we belong to like the community pool and that's that's one of those things you gotta be like well i'm just not gonna get out of the water but then it's adult swim so you gotta get out of the water and so you would uh awkwardly like bend over like you have to kind of poop and just run to the men's room and hopefully it <laughs> goes away before you go back out so everyone doesn't see that you have a raging boner at the pool but that's not as bad as being jesus with a boner so
3: no, I I can't top that. The only thing that that even comes to mind for me is actually more recently, and it's it's oh not not so much a, a, a dick. Story. It's not a boner story. All right, it's worse. Um, I I just actually gotten out of the hospital, and this uh, I, I had in home uh, nursing care come over to like you know physical therapy and and another one just to check on me, and. So this, uh, this Indian guy, he he was my, uh, physical therapy coach and he came over and the first day, this was only like two days after I'd got out of the hospital. So I was still really doped up on everything that at the time, you know, the, the medications and, and stuff like that. And he wanted, he's like, can I see your scars? And so I, I had a couple scars from my surgery and I kn- knew one was across my collarbone. You can't miss that. And the only thing that I had seen about where the other scar was, was it it was in my, around my lower abdomen or something like that. So for some reason on that day, I thought that the scar was around my asshole, around my gooch. And so I just threw down my pants and, and threw my legs up over my, you know, head and just showed this poor Indian man, my whole asshole and gooch. And he I, just,
1: I, you know what? It's not shame. I I am actually impressed with your flexibility at our age. Oh boy. <laughs> I you know like I said I was, I was on muscle relaxers,
3: so I'm sure those help. <laughs> but you know he just stood there for a good like five seconds. I don't there. I don't think there's anything down there that that you know my scar. I, I found out later the scar is actually just below my abdomen. It's it's kind of <laughs> hard to see. But it's there. It, it's not. There's nothing down there. This dude just stared at my asshole for like a good five seconds until he was like, all right. <laughs> I just pulled my pants, you know, back up and, and went on with my day. And like a month later, I kind of realized what I did when I actually did find the scar. And I was like, oh, my God. What the, what the hell did he tell people here? I, I, I can't imagine what wow. what he told you know his family or something he went home to and he's like you're not gonna believe what this dude just did to me <laughs> but that's really about the worst that i've <laughs> done lately oh. and i'm just i'm marketing marking it up to being completely drugged out of my mind and and that's i guess what you gotta do to to, to see my asshole so just in case anybody wants to know for future reference there you go
0: that's a question Thank. we often get so i yeah, glad right. we finally have the answer
3: yeah, you don't have to write in about that. Now you know. No. But, um, that's that's going to do it for questions. Yeah. <laughs> so. How do you top
0: that? That's how you end the show out with a, with a bang.
3: Yeah. For the, yeah. <laughs> so if you want to write us, write in questions and hear about weird shit we've done, do it. Just go to retrovania.net. There's a, a thing you fill out at the bottom of the website. Uh, send it in. We'll we'll answer it eventually.
0: And you can also find the link to our Patreon, uh, <laughs> which I don't know if this is going to sell any patrons, but uh, there's free episodes there. Uh, you can check out everything that's offered there on retrovania.net, and we will be back with another show in two weeks, unless, again, you are a patron, then there's bonus shows coming this month as well, and we'll see you then.